All right, it's Friday night, and uh, it is another episode of The Garage. Chris here with a lot of special guests in the studio. Dahlia, of course. What's up, Garage Rock Show listeners? We have special guest Aaron. How's it going, man? Hey there. Uh, Charles, what's up? Bonjour, mon chéri. Charlet. Je m'appelle Charlet. Oh, cinnamon sticks. I like cinnamon sticks. Cinnamon. Green yes. that cinnamon and green. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, Lord. Give me some cinnamon sticks. <laughs> Uh, so big news in the rock world this week, guys. Uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductions. Uh, bon Jovi, The Cars, Dire Straits, and The Moody Blues, uh, along mm-hmm. with early influence gospel singer Sister Rosetta Tharp, Nina Simone. Uh, and so that was basically uh, it. We're going to see this broadcast for everybody listening May 7th on HBO. So oh. we're not actually going to see it for a little bit, uh, but it's going to be broadcast uh, oh, on that's the, cool. the rebroadcast uh some of the inductees uh, and performing tributes were paid to the recently deceased rockers with the Killers, performing a medley of Tom Petty's American Girl and Free Fallen. You like the Killers, right, Dahlia? Oh, yeah. I, well, I used to be a huge fan. So would you, you know, does that sound kind of cool? Them checking out, uh, doing some Tom Petty tribute kind of covers and stuff? Yeah, I think that's awesome. They're not being inducted, but I think no, it's awesome that they're going tribute. to be there to pay tribute. Right. Yeah. Looking forward to checking out, apparently, uh, Hearts and Wilson with Alice in Chains' Jerry Cantrell performing a salute to Chris Cornell. Nice. With a cover of Soundgarden's Black Hole Sun. In addition to that, Lauren Hill brought the house down with her four-song salute to the late inductee Nina Simone. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. Lauren Hill came out of uh, whatever retirement she was in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hear she's doing a tour, too, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill, the whole <laughs> album front to back on the tour. Nice. So that, that would be pretty cool. Really nice. Uh, the 28 in, uh, 2018 inductors for the ceremony for uh, were Ann Wilson for the Moody Blues, Howard Stern for Bon Jovi. Apparently, as expected, Howard Stern's induction speech for Bon Jovi was a highlight of the evening pushed all the expected boundaries he said quote few realize that mr richie sambora single-handedly considered it his mission to help women who could not get dates to feel better about themselves over the years he helped women like heather locklear Cher, denise richards and countless others across the world like any of them needed help (laughs) yeah yeah right that's the joke they're all fabulous looking women (laughs) (laughs) okay so i'm gonna go on a limb here and you guys might hate me the audience might hate me for this but i'm just gonna tell you okay not a big fan of bon jovi right yeah me either uh not a big fan of howard stern yeah yeah, so I, I agree. Fan I have respect for him for what he did, but I'm I'm a fan. I'm in the Charles's boat that I don't listen to him on a daily basis, like for that kind of stuff. Well, huge boat to be in. Huge yeah. fan of Howard Stern because he just he doesn't give a crap. No, He'll I know. say whatever I, the hell he wants whenever he wants to say yeah. it, and he's got his little button. But he pushes for a little, which we need here in the studio. <laughs> or no. The soundboard. But I want to yeah. see, uh, and I love Dire Straits, so I hope that they do a performance as well. Yeah, but Dire Straits is not going to be there. That was one oh. of, yeah, that was one of the weirdest things of the evening. Actually, was Dire Straits. Uh, it was uh, kind of strange because Mark Knopfler. Uh, was he, he opted out of the event with no public explanation? Explanation, excuse me. Uh, they were essentially inducted by themselves. They just walked up on stage with no introduction, and they're just like, "Hey, uh, I, I, I assure you, it was for personal reasons." And everybody was like, oh. "Well, you know why, right?" I'm not sure. No. Well, because he's got to move those refrigerators. <laughs> uh, bravo, bravo. He's got to move those color TVs. Money for sure. nothing. That's true. A lot of bands haven't been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Judas Priest, of course, one of them. 
Uh, Judas Priest frontman Rob Halford said in a new interview uh, with the Portland Mercury that the legendary Metal Axe fans are supposedly furious that Priest has not been inducted to the Rock and the Hall of Fame. They've been eligible since 1999 and was on the ballot for the first time this year. And the British group did not make the final list of inductees who went into the hall this past Saturday. If you had to pick a band, you know, that, that hasn't been inducted. Like yeah. ever in life? I don't know who has been inducted. Yeah, I guess I should have got a list of that to compare yeah, that, that, for that, a good me, question. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Maybe we'll follow up on that because that w- actually it, it, when it comes back around on May 7th, we can go back to that and uh, talk about what we would like to see in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you know. Um, living or or not living? Yeah, okay. yeah, all of that. Yep, for exactly. sure. Exactly. Uh, I'm I'm a little confused about the tribute to Soundgarden. I think Black Hole Sun wasn't Black Hole Sun originally meant as like a joke song. Yeah, I don't think that was one of. Well, I don't know about that aspect, but I I, I know that that wasn't one of like the, you know that's not a good song to honor Chris. I Cornell, know, right? You, know? you think like fell on black days or. Something oh, a little bit yeah. more, yeah, yeah. Something a little bit more heartfelt, or, or just a better, a I, better track. I, I think know. that they, perhaps in their thought process, were thinking more along the lines of what hit brought them to where Soundgarden yeah. is today. Black that was the hit. I mean, Aaron, I originally mean, that was the though. first one that we all heard on the radio and stuff back in the nineties, right? Out China, yeah. Black, no, Black Hole Sun. I mean, in yeah. terms of that crazy music video and all that, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So that's what I was. I'm wondering I'm if with they you were referencing like way back. And maybe back it fell on black days is almost a little too cryptic in a way. Oh, well, and true. that didn't yeah. come until the 2000s. Yeah, that yeah. was a black cool video Sun too. Was the 90s? So no, I don't know. fell on black days was on Super Unknown from the 1997 oh, album. Corrected. You know, All I remember. Right. Okay, so I remember when I first heard Soundgarden, I heard a little song called Outshine. Outshine. And, uh, yeah. yeah, and I remember uh, watching it on um, on Headbangers Ball. Oh, yeah. And, oh, Headbangers and, Ball. Yeah, and I remember oh, at gosh. one point, um, I was watching MTV a little, you know, back when they used to play music and stuff. Mm-hmm. At, when they were actually music television. Yeah, uh, and, uh, and there was this one time where um, I had this huge crush on uh, Lady Duff. I thought she was smoking <laughs> hot, and she said, "Chris Cornell is such a he's so he's so hot." And I was like, oh, "I'm jealous, I'm jealous of him and his beautiful voice." <laughs> That's awesome. Oh yeah, good story. Uh, pretty cool stuff here with Lee uh, setting a publication date for his memoir. Lee, the basis for Red Hot Chili Peppers, of course. His long-awaited memoir is going to be titled Acid for the Children. Nice. The book is set to arrive on shelves September 25th. It's described as saying, quote, focusing on Flea's fascinating life story, complete with all the dizzying highs and the gutter lows you'd expect from an L.A. street rat turned world-famous rock star. True. Yeah. Flea is an L.A. street rat. I'm kind of interested to hear this story, from, especially from yep. his perspective, you know? It Me sounds too. fun. Yeah. He's He's got one of the craziest kind of storied uh, lifestyles. Well, he doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah. no, he He's doesn't. Got, and so, He's you know, we all, pumpkins. like, wish that it, a part of ourselves could be that way. Oh, yeah. 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 And he he fought um, Keanu Reeves in Point Blank. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Apparently. Oh, yeah, he was in that truck, right? They uh, were in the truck. He was what one was of the was... surfers. He was one of the surfers oh. that originally punked. Uh, Keanu Reeves when oh, he right. first started surfing. He was also in um, right. uh, Son-in-Law. He was the tattoo artist guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Remember yeah. when she gets these, uh, yeah, you pick it, right. I stick it. Oh, we were just talking about Polly yeah. Shore. <laughs> Polly Shore's like, look yeah. at it, man. The, the, the ink soaked into his brain, man. He's screwed up. Yeah. <laughs> I love I love um, when they when they talk about the origins of his name. 
yeah, apparently he was called first called Flea as a child for his seemingly inability to sit still, mm-hmm. and the nickname stuck with him ever since. <laughs> he met Anthony Kiedis while attending high school, Fairfax High School in L.A. They uh, joined forces with guitar Hillel Slovak, eventually forming the Chili Peppers. Uh, pretty cool stuff. So that's going to be coming out September 25th. Uh, uh, first memoir from Flea from the uh, Chili Peppers. I'm uh, down to read it. Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, Game of Thrones information. Yay. Mum- Mumford and Sons will reportedly perform at the wedding of Game of Thrones star Kit Harrington and Rose Leslie, who actually fell in love while playing lovers Jon Snow and Ygritte. Remember, mm-hmm. she was the wildling? You know nothing, oh, Jon Snow. Yeah. She, you know nothing. Yeah. She's, uh, they're getting married. Damn, I didn't know they even were dating or anything. Yeah. For years. Yeah, so the, oh, apparently wow. they're getting married now. Isn't that crazy? One of my coworkers just started watching Game of Thrones. Mind yes. you, we've all been watching it for years. I know. She doesn't know that Jon Snow dies. And well, then spoiler she's like, alert. He, he, she heard, she's like, I think he dies. And I'm like, okay. Oh. All right. Yeah, but you after, need to get with the time. Well, after three days in a cave, <laughs> yeah. right? he walks out. Uh, apparently, uh, they're going to be married at a castle in Aberdeen, Scotland. Of course. Harrington met the band Mumford & Sons on a talk show and has stayed in touch over the years with the group agreeing to the once-in-a-lifetime gig. That'd be pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> at least once a day, at least once a day, um, Daisha and I go, But, John, this is a harem. <laughs> you know nothing, Jon Snow. You know nothing, Jon Snow. Uh, good Chris stuff. and I's reference is uh, Cool Guy Called. Cool Guy Called. Cool we love Jim, Jim Jarmusch. Jim Jarmusch movie. No one, cool no guy, one gets that, babe. Yeah, cool Guy Called. He wants his jacket back from the 80s. Hey, there's at least five people out there that get Maybe. that right now. Maybe. Uh, Prince. Okay, he's back in the headlines. His doctor, a Minnesota doctor, accused of illegally prescribing an opioid painkiller for Prince a week before he died from fentanyl overdose, has agreed to pay only $30,000 $30, to settle a federal civil violation according to documents made public Thursday. Uh, apparently, so here's the deal. Oh. Prince was 57 when he was found alone, unresponsive. Uh, an autopsy found died of an accidental overdose of fentanyl. Uh, state and federal authorities have been investigating the source of the fentanyl for nearly two years. So this is finally, they've tracked it down, right? Federal prosecutors in the U.S. drug, uh, the DEA, uh, alleged that Schulenberg, a family physician who saw Prince at least twice before he died, violated the Controlled Substances Act when he wrote a prescription in the name of someone else. Turns Ooh. out he wrote it yep. in the name of his um, bodyguard. Uh, and he was saying that it was for Prince's privacy. He didn't just write a symbol on a prescription. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That's not, that's not oh, a joke. Oh, my God. That's pretty good. Uh, that's actually a good joke. Uh, but apparently, so yeah, Schulenberg told the authorities he prescribed oxycodone to Prince and put it under the name of Prince's bodyguard, uh, Kirk Johnson, for his privacy. So obviously, that was his way of skirting around it. And yeah. that's how these things happen, right? Right. I See, here's the issue that I take with that, though. And it's something that actually Daisha brought up. And I was we were talking about this earlier, because this is all over the news. Right. We were talking about this earlier, and she said, you know, if it was just some street thug who was dealing drugs somewhere right. like in the in the same state or whatever the they would lock him away oh yeah for years for half for giving somebody a bottle but full because of he's a prescription doctor guy doing prescribed exactly. drugs it's like 30 that history he can get away with it. killing one of the biggest yeah. rock stars of our modern time you know yeah. same thing with tom petty same thing with dolores o'riordan from the oh, yeah. cranberries 
big time. Uh, it's just it, this opioid crisis is in, insane. You know? I blame the doctors. I blame the doctors. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, so moving on. Soundgarden members to perform together for the first time since Chris Cornell's death. This is a pretty cool thing that they're doing. So, okay, check it out. Soundgarden drummer Matt Cameron, guitarist uh, Kim Thiel, will perform together for the first time June 8th at a thing called Northside Festival in Denmark, and they'll appear as special guest of the MC50. That's the original MC5 guitarist Wayne Kramer has assembled uh, a group to celebrate the 50th anniversary of their, their legendary debut album, Kick Out the Jams. The lineup includes Thale, Fugazi drummer, Ooh. Brendan Canty, King's X bassist Doug Pinnock, and others. Uh, Kramer and the band will play the album Kick Out the it Jams in its entirety, followed by an encore of MC5 material that will change each night. Oh, I hope there's a live stream. Fugazi. I know, right? Yeah, Fugazi jumps out at me when I was a teen. I loved Fugazi and Mario. Oh, I know. Well, yeah. The big, big Speaking band. of Fugazi, uh, drummer Brandon Canty, he has a group that we're actually going to be featuring on the garage tomorrow Ooh. night. It's called the Mesthetics. And it's uh, instrumental, kind of. I think there might be some kind of vocals and stuff going on, uh, but uh, mostly instrumental. But we're going to feature it tomorrow night on the garage. So I'm a listening. Make sure you guys stream it anywhere, anytime, wherever you're at at 1057thebear.com, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. All right, so System of a Down. We all know they're coming to Aftershock, right? You guys are stoked for that? Mm-hmm. Yes, we are. Oh, I, God, thought they, yes. I thought they were in the studio Well, for see, whatever reason. This is the bummer. Here is it, it exactly leads into this story right here is one of the members of System of a Down apparently has been in the studio. Darren Malakanian, or Malakian, I'm sorry. Uh, his long dormant side project. Do you remember Scars on Broadway? Yes. Uh, not a fan. Name sounds familiar, but I'm okay. not. Yeah. So they're they're going to be releasing a brand new single and video on April 23rd. It's going to be the first new music from Scars on Broadway uh, since their first album came out in 2010. The band itself now rebranded Darren Malakian and Scars on Broadway. It's always a bad sign when you got to throw your name yeah. in front of the band to let people know that oh that's uh. It's the guy from yeah. Systems uh, thing there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, it, honestly, his so his role in life is backup vocals. That's the thing, and he's not a he's strong a horrible song, front man. songwriter. Yeah, he's a he, horrible frontman. Lyrics aren't that great, so it's just. I mean, it was it was okay. I listened to it, you know, twice, and uh, <laughs> thought it was okay. okay so this leads us twice. to like what it. we were saying. We all wish System of a Down was in the studio making new music as System of a Down, right? God, yes. I mean, it's been since two thousand six. 12 years since they've been in the studio and done anything. They're just touring now basically as a greatest hits. So, I mean, that kind of raises the question, is it cool for just a band to just kind of rest on their laurels like that, be a greatest hits kind of band, or should we expect that they uh, make new music, even if they don't get along, and, you know, maybe they, you know, a lot of people, I, I think in my mind, that if you're able to get together on stage and play the greatest hits stuff... You should get together in the studio and at least do a song or two. It doesn't have to be a whole fucking album. Yeah. But do an EP, do four songs. Yeah. And put something out, even if it's shit, even if it sucks, at Mm. least you tried to make new music. that's where I disagree. So if it's shit and if it's just going to suck, no, I want, if they're going to go into the studio, I want to capture that essence 
from when they were in the studio. Not when I happen. first heard Not a happen. system of, the, of a down song. Because they were young and hungry. They wanted the money. They wanted the fame back then mm-hmm. in 1999 or 97. Because there's a lot of times like in our generation where we're just like, oh, all the music's been done. Like There's nothing else that can be played. And then you hear a song on the radio for the first time. You're just like, yeah. Right. They reinvigorate you. They reinstate they you. They were that type of band. They mm-hmm. were that type of band. Just like the Strokes for me. Just like several other bands for me. So if they're going to go back into the studio, I want them to do it and do it with love and do it with life. Take and, their time. Yeah. And take their time. Yeah. But want to do it. But want to do it. Maybe yeah. that's the problem. Maybe, Maybe they, they don't want, want to. to. Well, they I mean, don't need to. How many great bands out there have, they haven't made music together, or maybe they don't get along, or they just, you know, they've yep. kind of moved on, and it's been 20, 30 years, mm-hmm. and they're still, like, super powerful with bands. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, you know, it happens. Maybe they're trying to go out like that, and, you know, Serge Tonkin is very, very active on Facebook. Right, oh, really? Very active, yeah. Huh. yeah. He seems so like an activist. It. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> 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 Thanks, Charles. Drum roll, please. <laughs> Get behind that drum set over there. All right. Well, record store days. Maybe we should set up a mic behind the drum set. For what? We can do random drum rolls, right? Random drum we need to hire some. We need to hire <laughs> somebody who sits back there and does that. I know. We should. <laughs> um, okay. Record store day coming Ooh, up this Saturday. This. Record store day, and then there's so this is leading into this thing that there's uh, they're, they're talking about HD vinyl sometime in 2019. The triumphant resurgence of vinyl in recent years. Uh, you know, they're now they're coming up with this thing called high definition vinyl. It's claimed to result in longer play time, more amplitude, and better sound quality. It's this company called Rebeat. They patented uh, its vinyl production method in 2016, and now, after influx of new funding, can mo- finally move ahead and start producing innovative product. The first step converts digital master audio data into a topographical image right. that represents a 3D inverted surface model of the music. That's cool. Extra mastering really on the cool. data really can cool. be done at this stage, and because the exact width of each groove can be evaluated, each record can be optimized to reduce unnecessary gaps in the grooves. This can either extend the playing time of a single side or expand the amplitude to make the record louder with a be- better signal-to-noise ratio. That's really cool. And even that cooler is, is, legit. The, is the word amplitude. <laughs> I know. I was like, is that a real yeah. word? <laughs> well, and then there's the next part about it. If that's not cool enough, they use laser engraving to generate a 3D image onto the ceramic plate, unlike traditional vinyl pressing which uses a nickel stamper. This process utilizes ceramics that don't wear out as quickly as nickel. And classically, from pressing to pressing, the audio quality of a record diminishes as the plate loses its detail, but not with this. They say that it, the ceramic plates will be able to press 10,000 records without beginning to show anywhere. Nice. So that's we're, we cool. were just talking about that. Right? I, was, I was giving you guys like some congratulations on your on your record collection, and then uh, you were telling me, Chris, that like a lot of the records, like the pop records that kind of come up right now, it's just like. And then basically, like, it's an MP3. Junk. It's junk. It's, it's not, like, junk. the same quality. Oh, the, the, yeah. It's not on yeah. full 180-gram vinyl, and it's, like, just this crappy little master that they just squeezed onto this uh, newer vinyl, you yeah. know, and repackaged it. They so, don't have any amplitude. 
and uh, the audio quality is just it's from it's not it's not reproduced the way that it was back then you yeah. know with the original analog mastering so this this sounds like a promising okay. thing apparently uh, you know you could play it on any existing turntable but the company says it uh, is going to have its own special turntables uh, for HD I love that interesting right so yeah get out there support your local record shop record store day is tomorrow uh, a couple ones in Modesto and Fresno as well as we have uh, Tigers and Daggers here in Merced, so stop on by there as well. Uh, All right. Real real quick, Chris, what was your favorite record store day? I'll tell you mine. Okay. Uh, I would say probably Coachella 2013. Yeah, Coachella 2013 or 14? It was the first year we went. Was it 2013? Best record store day ever. And when we went back, there was someone really, really effed up. Doing Papa Don't Preach and karaoke in McGinnett, Record Store McGinnett. Day. <laughs> it was McGinnett McGinnett at Coachella because they build a store for Record Store yeah, Day. Yeah, they, they have this really company cool. from Arizona called Zia Records that actually uh, curates the thing. They have a pop-up record store with Record Store Day exclusives on weekend two of Coachella Yeah, every year. So if you're at Coachella then. this year, tomorrow, you'll be able to, uh, yeah, it's pretty go, cool. to go to Record Store Day if you're going to Coachella tomorrow. A little, it's the best. A little birdie told me um, some years back on Record Store Day um, that Tenacious D popped in with their acoustic guitars at Amoeba Music in San Francisco. How fun. And just played a set and just had a blast. And just yeah, left. they have all kinds just of left. stuff like that. Yeah. Special store appearances and stuff. Okay, so we all know that today is 420. Uh, that's the uh, on this day in history. So it leads us to our trivia today. <laughs> on this day in history, five friends at San Rafael High School in California coined the term 420 as a euphemism for smoking pot. What year did this take place, guys? Wait, before we move on to that, I have to ask you guys each individually. What, what do you what What does 420 mean? Because because I always thought that like people were telling me that like. That it was like it was 420 no, like elements no, or whatever no, in it. Like no, no. I heard it was Hitler's expl- birthday. Well, it is Hitler's it birthday. It what? April 20th is Hitler's birthday. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're so, smoking meat again. Man. But it has yeah, nothing to yeah. do with this. Uh, there, the story behind it is actually here. I have it. Oh, cool. From where this originates. So I say 69. 1969? Mm-hmm. People getting together after school at 420 smoking weed. That's exactly what it was. Okay. So what year do you think it happened when it first started? 1969, 70, or 71? Uh, I'm going to go with later. 71, 71 okay. Like Dahlia, what do you say? Mm, I'll go with C, because it's a C, like 71? 70%, right? <laughs> C? I have no idea. <laughs> what, what did you say, Charles? I said 69, 69. For, for shits and giggles. Okay, well, let's see. It is 1971. Oh, my God. 1971. Okay, so here's the deal. Was that the beginning of the Sublime album? (laughs) (laughs) Is Lou Dog in the house. (laughs) All right. So, okay. 420. Uh, Okay, so before we get to some little, like, funny little trivia Ooh, this could be fun. um, Okay. Where's the the actual... here's, Here's the actual... In the late 70s, uh, well, we, we just established it was 1971 that it first started. <gasps> group of teens at San Rafael High School in Northern California discover a mutual love for smoking weed. Since the toking in the halls is frowned upon, even in the 70s, who called themselves the Waldos because they like to lean on walls. 
They have to wait up until uh, after school to get high. Where's Waldo out back then? (laughs) I know. So so yeah, it was. Can't see. Oh my god, the devil's lettuce. (laughs) So they meet up at 4:20 every day to smoke the devil's lettuce. 4:20 soon becomes a not really secret euphemism for getting stoned, and decades later becomes a solid part of the cultural lexicon. So that's where they say it originated from. Wow. But That's crazy. I just never knew. There's some interesting things also about 20, as Dahlia mentioned. Uh, uh, the devil's lettuce. There's the, it's the birthday of uh, Adolf Hitler. Rainy Day yeah. Women, <laughs> number 12 and 13. So the Bob Dylan song, it's titled Rainy Day Women, number 12 and 13. Oh, yeah. If you uh, Number 12 and 35. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, number 12 and 35. You realize that multiplying 12 and 35 gets you 420. Uh, where also, uh, where... What, what was the other? Well, back one? then, getting—I mean, oh yeah, Boston. Getting stoned smoking. was getting drunk, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, when they say stoned, they'd say when blues musicians would say I was getting stoned, it meant they were getting drunk. Yeah, no, so I don't Bob know. That's debatable. Song. That's debatable. Hmm. Because also, stoned meant uh, shooting up heroin too. Did it? Oh yeah. Oh my god. If you're stoned out of your mind. Well, if you want to take it way back, getting stoned was—you're not going to live after that. Oh, oh, no. yeah. oh yeah, yeah, yeah! Getting stoned to death? You, are you going biblical with this? Like yeah. way back in that day? You know, rocks. according to Proverbs nineteen twenty six, getting stoned was if you literal term. We got some new music on the garage for you guys tomorrow night from Early Empires, a local band. So get out there and support the Art Hop in Merced. It's going to be happening tomorrow from five to nine p.m. in downtown Merced, Bob Hart Square. Uh, early empires be kicking off our episode with some great new local music we also got some new stuff from deaf heaven dahlia uh, ah. it's an 11 minute long song so i've actually took off Ooh. another song to make room for it uh it's a it's badass it's an amazing track a little reference Ooh, from wait. deaf heaven we were in uh, san jose at this the, the c2sb festival right. where you just walk up and down san jose and which is kind of scary but fun um we went to this little tiny hole in the wall and saw Deaf Heaven for the first time, and nice. it was awesome. They nice. put on such an amazing performance. They were great. So, yeah. Oh, were they also at um, Aftershock like a couple years ago? Yes, they were. Aftershock. And, and it uh, wasn't as good. I think you need to see it in a very small set. It's sardine. We also, you need to see it in like a sardine can bar. I think you're thinking yeah. actually of uh, Coachella. They weren't at Aftershock. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't know. We've been to so many. We saw we, There was Coachella outside and it wasn't the same uh the methesthetics that's the the group i was telling you ex Gazi members so we're gonna be playing that king tough ice age dr dog eleanor friedberger goat girl oberon rose the pandoras remember sports rex orange county post animal more that's all tomorrow night nice stream us anywhere anytime 1057thebear.com uh, we were talking about Stan Lee. Oh, Remember, yeah. Uh, comic legend Stan Lee. Well, apparently he's suing his former business manager. Good Ger- for him. Gerardo Oliveres for $20 million, alleging financial abuse. Uh, all kinds of stuff. Um, unfortunately, manipulation, elder abuse, and fraud are among the um, widespread reports. He's, he's saying he, quote, committed conversion, fraud, financial abuse of an elder, and misappropriation of his name and likeness in a series of strange villainous schemes. Uh, swindling him out of $1.4 million. Ooh. I can see that happening. 
You know, Stan Lee, he just seems like, honestly, he just seems like such a sweet old guy. He is, and they're taking advantage of... TMZ reported last week that they uncovered several Black Panther comic books with a DNA ink signature thought to be compromised of the blood of the ex-manager that uh, stole that blood from Stan Lee. We talked about that on episode two? Episode two or three, yeah. Mm -hmm. A couple weeks back. Absolutely. Isn't that crazy? That's horrible. Poor so guy. Hopefully, I, I love Stanley. He gets some help and some, uh, you know, making some headlines, and people are going to help him out with that. You know, uh, I grew, I grew up reading comics, and I still read comics. I'm an old guy who reads comics, and uh, and Stanley really does have like superhero status, and he's like every, he's like all of our, all of our grandpa, right? And to see him, my grandpa get trampled on. I know, it's unforgivable. It sucks. It's unforgivable. Okay, so I got a question for you guys. Would you eat a tarantula burger in a New York minute? Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no tarantula burger. I would. No, I would. I, th- I think Charles would. I can see would. Charles eating it. Yeah, absolutely. Try crickets. Like, what does it oh, even yeah. look like? Okay, really? so here's real chocolate covered ants. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. yeah. Um, like all that crazy wild game jerky stuff too. Uh, well, that stuff doesn't really taste real to me. Like I gotta, it's gotta taste like legit. Like all of that just seems processed. Like, I've had it before. It doesn't taste, like, as gamey. I've had, like, a lot of different meats and stuff. With tarantulas, the only thing about tarantulas is they're real hairy. So they'd have to, like... Well, you want to hear how they produce this burger here? Yeah. Uh, It's a a place called North Carolina, Bull City Burger and Brewery. It's its uh, sixth annual exotic meat month. They're introducing a tarantula burger. They say it consists of a pasture-raised beef patty. Gruyere cheese, spicy chili sauce, and an oven-roasted tarantula. Oh, well, it's oven-roasted. <laughs> <laughs> Locally sourced, oven-roasted, free-range tarantula. glazed Yeah. Cause, no, that would actually probably help. Uh, customers can enter their names into a tarantula raffle to be one of the lucky few who get to take the tarantula challenge. Yeah, I- I'd eat it. I'd eat yeah. it. And to all our PETA friends out there, don't worry. It's a, it's a vegan tarantula. <laughs> Uh, I guess gross. my only it sounds disgusting and it I does. guess my only thing would be isn't there like toxins in a tarantula? Yeah. Not enough to kill I you like a black unpo- widow. Mostly not poisonous. Yeah, right? they're not, not poisonous, poisonous for people. Like people have them as pets. Yeah. They're but probably crispy. Still, it's a big ass fucking probably spider. Tastes like, yeah, like you know? so yeah, if they bread it, beer <laughs> batter and deep like fry it and put it on the burger, then I might I might try it. Okay. All or right. maybe like a Good few of know. the legs. Good to know. Yeah. I I'm going to order you one. I don't even know. Uh, okay. We do it on this podcast. I know. Like, oh. You should have to all eat it. Oh, that's great. Uh, all right. So restaurants. This is the last topic here of the night. More restaurants are going cashless. Uh, apparently, uh, they're doing contractless uh, pay systems like Apple Pay. Salad chains, Tender Greens, and Sweet Garden are among them. Starbucks and Shake Shack have like been the testing. Square using a square. I have Apple Pay, but you know what? Sometimes I just want to use some cash. We're talking about restaurants, so Apple Pay is is um, it's uh, you don't have to scan your card, right? You just hold oh, Samsung, like Samsung. You Pay. hold you your phone, phone yeah. up yeah. to it, so that's what what that is. Uh, apparently, so uh, it's been in Seattle and New York only. They're testing no cash options here for restaurant owners. They say it gets the benefits uh, all to the restaurants, including less time counting bills. Reduce theft, not having to pay for armored cars, and no worries about armed robberies. Yeah, see, yeah, that makes. I mean, it makes, yeah, sense. makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah, and from a health standpoint, like you don't have to deal with touching oh, dirty yeah. money. Sure. Yeah. yeah. The whole okay. thing with no. You don't have to deal with that. That one lady pulling out a ten dollar bill out of underneath her, her 
sweaty giant oh, breast. Yeah. We're still all your you digital information for the entire audience. <laughs> it also it's yeah. raising questions though about whether a cashless operation discriminates uh, discriminates against cardless teens and the poor. Oh, I love that band, Cardless Teens. <laughs> <laughs> So what do you think about that, Philip Emo Group? Who, uh, uh, people that can't get a credit card. point. Obviously, they're not over 18, can't get a credit mm. card. Uh, they, they work That discrimination against uh, maybe it, a, a it, bum that scrabbles a couple dollars right. up to get himself a exactly. little burger. Yeah. Nope, you can't get any food with that. No, nope, we're not taking your dirty change. I, yeah, it, yeah. That's it's kinda, something that will be brought crazy. to the Supreme Court that's later. That's crazy, right? Well, yeah. you know, I, I honestly, I rarely carry cash ever. I'm all Same hard. here. Okay, check it out. Bank rate today or bankrate.com data uh, told us today that shows upscale millennials who are sought after customers now prefer to pay in cash and that more than a third of americans between 18 and 37 don't have a credit card hipsters that's kind of crazy because <laughs> i am not Bring in that back. statistic what free? about tips <laughs> what about tips what about them can I you, you said still leave cash tips <laughs> Because I'm usually, check this out, if I'm paying with my card, I still usually leave a cash tip. Oh, that's a good point. Because I think oh, it's really? a big headache for the waitress to... Uh, wait for her paycheck? Wait for her. Yeah, wait. yeah, I like to leave like cash on the table. You know that's what I mean? That's really noble yeah. of you. I never have cash on me, though. Like That's, that's a really cool idea. Maybe I'll just carry like 20 bucks in my pocket just to give out tips. Uh, there you go. Every there time I go. do that, I just give <laughs> it to them. That's the bad thing. Like, hey. I bought a beer at a bar like on New Year's Eve. Or it was Aaron, you with your... Your wife's Christmas party, and I bought a beer and I gave the girl a twenty dollar tip for my beer. I'm like, oh, why did I do that? Later, yeah, thinking you're about crazy. That's, we can't. It was it was Christmas. We can't. Right. That's why I don't carry story. cash. I can't. I'm like, here, take it. You need yeah. it more. That's good karma. That's good karma. Oh, so uh, uh, one thing that we that we skipped over that we didn't talk about that I was kind of excited about talking about was the uh, Meghan Markle's nephew. Oh, the wheat strain. Yeah. Oh, well, it is 420, so we might as well. Yeah, you're right. I did. I did. Skip Who's right Meghan Markle? That. What? Oh, How dare God, you? God, I'm Madam? sorry. How dare you? I'm, I'm, out, I'm out of touch. Chris, Meghan Chris? Markle is a lovely woman. Okay, so <laughs> Meghan Markle is uh, getting married to Prince Harry. Oh, Prince Harry, he's the cool one. Right. Right? Well, yeah, he's a cool guy, I guess. The, I don't know. The, I don't. I never met him. Never hung out with him. He's a total square. That's what they say. He's a party animal. Okay, so here's the the uh, the uh, headline here. Meghan Markle's nephew developed a special cannabis strain for her wedding to Prince Harry. It's called Markle's Sparkle. And That's his, great. His name is Tyler it. Dooley. Is it legal there? Well, no. Here's the thing. It's a can- it's he's tough. a cannabis grower in Oregon. It's medical. Ah. And the potent hybrid strain will be available in the state where it's legal. Dooley has spoken to Megan, hasn't spoken to Megan in three years, but remember, remembers her babysitting him when he was a child. He told the Daily Mail he'd be more than happy to offer Megan and Harry a sample of Markle's Sparkle if they ever visit him. Saying of his aunt, quote, Megan grew up in California and I'm sure has an American view on pot. He said of Harry's possible <laughs> thoughts on marijuana, Prince Harry enjoys a good party. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fun fact it. about a British uh, marijuana is that it, it, he that probably it, smokes. it, it all tastes like, like a fine British black tea. <laughs> like a breakfast tea. <laughs> a hint of good old Earl Grey. <laughs> good old Earl Grey on a Sunday morning. Every oh. single strain. Oh, Alright. Well, so I, got, go. I got one more thing. I got one more thing to say. What's so up? it's 420. It's also, uh, well, you know, for you gamers who went last night and picked it up, um, good for you. 
but for most people, they got to pick up good old God of War. Oh, God of War, yeah. Kratos PlayStation exclusive. Yes. That's a PlayStation, PlayStation exclusive. exclusive. Actually, last I'm, time... I'm a Nintendo girl, you know, oh. so... Aww. Yeah. I know. I don't yeah. play the fun games. Uh, the last we time just beat Zelda. That's okay. That's okay. The last time uh, God of War was released was in 2010, and it was God of War three. Uh, wow. People were listening to System of a Down probably at that time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, and yeah, the latest one, God of War four, comes out today. Wow, what a trip. Yeah. So make sure you guys check that out. And Record Store Day tomorrow. Record Store Day happening as well as an all-new episode of The Garage for you guys. 105.7 FM, 1660 AM. Uh, Also, stream us anywhere, anytime, 1057thebear.com. And uh, thanks again, guys, for joining us for another great episode this week. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Peace. All right. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. (laughs)